Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you from the Temporary Drunk Gossip Studios here in Detroit. <sighs> so, this has been, uh, well you heard yesterday in the writing segment, it's been a really weird time for my career because I'm writing different things, um, and and surprisingly enough, after I talked about being rejected, I had, um, with, with one of my new jobs, I got rejected, um, actually with two of my jobs, I got rejected yesterday, um, but it's a learning experience, and that's what it really boils down to, is it's always learning, um, with the one, it was probably just a few mistakes on my part, and on the, um, on the other, um, I thought I had changed the picture enough, um, but they weren't quite pleased with it, so I, I changed, um, I, I censored the picture a little bit better. So, why am I talking about this? Well, Michael E. Knight is joining the cast of General Hospital. Now, it might be a weird segue, but let me explain. Remember back um, in the Upfront episode where I talked about how Disney was looking to revive, um, revive slash reboot All My Children and One Life to Live, and how they were going to start bringing um, those actors on board at General Hospital. That way they were under an, under a contract. <clears throat> exactly what I said it was going to happen, but what my sources told me was going to happen, is starting to happen. Now, this is great news for people who love soaps, like, like I do. Um, Rebe- Rebecca Budding is back at General Hospital... Uh, Michael E. Knight's going over to General Hospital. Um, Hillary B. Smith has appeared um, on a recurring basis as Nora on General Hospital. So all the pieces are really starting to fall into place here. So what is it going to take? Uh, I think that's a question that no one really knows. Uh, Some people are saying, well... We can't really get happy until Susan Lucci is signed on. Here's the thing. They're not going to sign the Queen of Soaps until they are ready. And they're probably going to hold out until they announce the um, launch of All My Children uh, to say she's coming back. Until then, look for more and more... Look for more and more um, actors to start signing on the dotted line. Um, Someone like Jacob Young, I think, would be very difficult to um, sign on. Since he appeared on both soaps, um, on General Hospital, he appeared as Lucky. Of course, um, his longest-running role to date was J.R. Chandler. So, I think you would find it very tough to 
Um, I think you you would find it very tough to um, bring him on board. But the general hospital writers are very clever, and it would not be the first time that someone has played different roles on the show. Um, As for who Michael Unite is playing, there's no word quite yet. But what we do know for sure is he's joining the show, and it seems to be a contract role, not a recurring. Um, And as I mentioned, they are most definitely interested in um, rebooting the soaps. And it, honestly, it really does make sense for them to have the actors under contract. And since Disney is the biggest conglomerate out there at the moment, it really would make sense for them to um, be able to put these actors to work um, in other areas. I was asked yesterday if I thought Eden Regal was going to... If Eden Regal signing on to General Hospital or another ABC daytime show... um, If that would be a signal that the soaps were definitely coming back. The short answer is no. Um, While Eden Regal was certainly a superstar... um, And... One third of the legendary Kane women. Uh, she's been very highly sought after. Um, they really tried to make it work over on the Young and Loris list, um, but they just didn't know how to write for her. Uh, I've heard that General Hospital has made overtures. Um, to getting her, but she's and she, it's not really all that busy with primetime work. So I think her signing on would, it would just be another feather in their cap. I don't know that that would, a signal that they're actually, um, formalizing the reboot. Uh, the same thing with Alicia Alicia Minshew. Um. Michael E. Knight is a little bit different. Um, yes, he's appeared on different soaps in the interim. Uh, but he was one of the stabilizers of the show. If if they the storylines got out of hand, they knew they could throw it to Tad, Erica, um, Brooke. And even if the story was wobbly... They're acting really sold to show. So having him on contract over at General Hospital is, I think, one of the biggest signs. Um, same thing with Rebecca Budding, who, who is an in-demand actress. And speaking of in-demand, my body is demanding some liquid. So I'm going to go get something to drink, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. 
And it's another day, another celebrity couple breakup. This one is not really quite so shocking. Um, I think it should be. But it's... I don't know. It's really hard to explain, but it's not. Um, It's not hard to explain. But we'll get to why it's not in a minute. Um... So, Larry King has filed for divorce from his wife, Sean King. Um, The two have been married for 20 some odd years. 22 years. Um, And rumors started floating a few years ago that... Sean was cheating on Larry with a younger uh, with a younger man. Now these rumors were always denied. Um but um you know, they were still there and they they still must have hurt Larry to some extent. Um, and as, as they battled these infidelity rumors, um, as they battled these infidelity rumors, sorry, my brain just jumped track on me. <laughs> as they, they battled these infidelity rumors, uh, Larry's. Um, previous seven marriages uh, were starting to be used against him. Uh, and, you know, just like with with everyone else, it probably wasn't fair. Um, but, that's how it goes sometimes. So, as I mentioned, Larry King has been married eight times. Um, twice to the same woman. Twice to the same woman, rather. Uh, and they have all ended disastrously. Mostly because rumors uh, abounded that he was cheating on them. And somehow he... This marriage with Sean was able to stick despite or maybe because of the infidelity rumors it sounds sick but there are some people who actually like when their partner is cheating on them it's very masochistic and I don't understand it but there it is so Um, yeah, you know, the, and as I mentioned earlier, my brain just keeps struggling track on this segment. I don't know why. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the segment, 
Um, this is not the first time that Sean and Larry have filed for divorce. Back in... In 2010, they also filed for divorce, although ultimately they reconciled. And since since the reconciliation, Larry's health has been deteriorating, which is when the rumors of Sean's infidelity started kicking up. Um, the National Enquirer has said that she, that Larry was well aware that she was sleeping with the personal trainer, and he understood that she needed uh, basically a young, firm body next to hers, and it killed him. But it was not going to end his marriage because he really wanted this one to stick. And Larry, of course, denied the story saying that it was hogwash. He would never accept his partner cheating on him, his wife cheating on him. But he had no reason to believe that she did. So, it kind of leaves us to question why the marriage broke up this time. And will there actually be a divorce? And this could just be... a, a way for the former CNN host to garner some publicity for his podcast. Though I doubt it. Um, He's not necessarily one who needs to go to these links to get publicity. He's not Jake Paul. Um, But there there is always that chance. There's also a chance that I'm going to take a break, get my brain right, and come right back. And I'm back. And Hunter Biden, uh, what can we say about him? Honestly, um, he is, if there's a reason why Joe Biden does not get the presidential nomination and or loses Um, to presumed Republican nominee Donald Trump, a lot of it can be traced right back to Hunter. Hunter is a mess. And... Um... Um, you know, from the cocaine use to having an affair with his brother's wife to getting secret married. Like, this boy is a telenovela 
unto himself. And I know some people are going to say, well, you know, we should be kinder. To him, we should, you know, we should not make fun of an addiction. As far as I know, um, and I've read a lot about this story, he has never once admitted to having an addiction to cocaine. He's admitted to using it, but not that he was addicted. That's why I feel confident that um, I can say 100%... or I, I feel confident that I can joke about it because his boy is a mess. <laughs> um, you know, and, and this whole thing just keeps getting messier and messier. So, just before Joe Biden announced his presidential run... Hunter and his brother's widow broke up. And Blind Gossip told us, hey, this isn't a real breakup. This is just so his father can announce he's running for president without there being the creep factor of Hunter being with his brother's widow. And then he got secret married to a South African woman who may or may not have been married herself. (coughs) In a surprise ceremony in May. Literally right after this, a woman by the name of Luden, or London Roberts, rather, um, filed a, a paternity suit in Arkansas saying that he followed, fathered her one-year-old son. And for a long while, there was no reply to this. Um... There was no, um, there was no anything, really. And so, it was kind of left alone for a little while. But then slowly, slowly but surely, we got an answer. Hunter has denied that he is the father of this child. And he has asked for the lawsuit to be tossed out. Uh, it does, I don't know on what grounds he's asking for it to be tossed out. Um, but I'm guessing that he has to have some pretty good proof that he's not the baby's father. Um, if, he's, if he's asking for this and not trying to settle out of court. And 
Um, another of Blind Gossip's items suggested um, not only that this paternity suit was coming, but he actually is legitimately the father. But they're hoping to... Um, they were hoping to squash it before it became a big thing and something that um, Joe Biden would have to deal with because that's not part of his narrative. His Joe Biden's narrative in his presidential run is his closeness to um, President Obama and the fact that he's the anti-Trump. You know, he can work across the aisle and whatever, which hasn't played so well for him, but he is stubbornly sticking to that narrative. And um, so we're going to, we're watching to see what happens as this kind of progresses. And I will stay on top of this story and let you know if the judge does indeed throw out the lawsuit or um, if this is going to get a little bit messy. I'll be right back. And I'm back. So we've been talking, um, we, well, we've not been talking about, but we have talked about um, media tie-in books um, and media tie-in writing. And for those who don't know or are first-time listeners, media tie-in writing is taking a popular pop culture um, book and creating a a, a story within that world. Um, The most popular franchises for something like this are like Star Wars, Star Trek... Um, Star Wars and Star Trek are the two biggest Um, Murder, She Wrote is really up there there's been countless books um, based on that I don't think that there's been any like as far as I know there's no um, Family Guy or Simpsons uh, media tie-in, uh, well, maybe maybe comic books, but um, it would be really really difficult to get into those. Um, but I was I was just kind of looking for some. I was looking for um, not necessarily some ideas, but because I have an idea for one, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, I was looking for, um, some, just so I could get an idea of how these work and how far you can stretch, you know, um, because you don't want to... You don't necessarily want to take a comedy and turn it into a, uh, a melodrama. I mean, you d- you definitely could. Family Guy has proven that. So so has The Simpsons. Um, but that's not necessarily the end game here. <clears throat> um, 
And the rights holder may not let you. Uh, but I was looking and there's a new book called Who Killed the Fonz? And I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of a cute play on the Happy Days character. No, it is the Happy Days character. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, and this is a media tie-in book um, with the same characters, but a different sensibility uh, than, than what Happy Days had. And I was like, well, that's that's kind of intriguing, and that kind of gives a little boost to uh, what I was thinking. Uh, but, you know, sometimes I think the titles do have to be a little bit older. Um, and they probably definitely need to be... Um, Either beloved or, at the very, very least, um, remembered. Um, So I've been watching Caroline in the City via CBS All Access. And the show ends on a cliffhanger. Um, I haven't got there yet, but I, you know, I always do my reading about these things. And it left fans really frustrated because they were all but guaranteed a season five. And then NBC, for whatever reason, was like, yeah, no. And I basically cut Cut it off. Now, during the time of Caroline in the City, the show... If the show were on air today with the same ratings they had, it'd be the number one show by a long shot. But back then, squeeze between Seinfeld and ER... the show was very, very, um, it wasn't retaining enough of the audience. And so, um, NBC decided to cancel it. And apparently they didn't tell the writers because the writers did not craft, the writers did not craft, um, an appropriate ending for the series. And so as I was, as I've been watching, I, I've noticed, first of all, the show changes. Like, Leah Thompson is great, and she really, she really does sell single 90s female very, very well. And you can definitely see the 90s appeal of the show. Um, but... Some of the humor is very dated, um, and it is not one of those shows. Like, Friends holds up fairly well. If you look at it through the lens of today, no, it would not be funny. It would probably be canceled, but 
most of the humor, most of the storylines are fine. Um, and I don't. I read the. I read this quote through Eric Kripke, who created Heroes and the Boys on Amazon, where he said that he um, he had seen a quote from one of the producers of The Simpsons who said, you can do anything you want as long as you have a lot of heart. And Friends had a lot of heart. Um, and I think that's why we let them get away with so much. Um, Caroline and the City, not so much. It was a very ironic, almost subversive um, 90s sitcom. And, you know, like I said, I, I really do like it. I think it, it is great. And as I'm barreling towards... And I'm barreling towards that... Um, as I'm barreling towards that cliffhanger... I'm noticing... That... I've, I've been brewing up a story for a hot minute. And what I'm noticing is, um, obviously not every beat is, is the same, but there's enough of a similarity uh, that the story I've been wanting to tell fits right in with um, the show. Of course, it would it would transform it into a different genre a little bit, but it it really does work, and I think you, it could be done under the guise um, of the rise of tabloid journalism in the late nineteen nineties. Um, will I ever get a chance to write this story? I, I obviously. Um, I could write it as fan fiction and get away with it. But, um, what I'm hoping for it is not necessarily, um, I, I'm hoping for something that's not fan fiction, um, even though Essentially, this is what media Italian writing is. Um, What I'm hoping for is, you know, a a very professional book with that will help resolve this cliffhanger and end um, in the show in a way that is satisfactory to a lot of people. You know, I don't know if that's the, if that'll happen and I would have probably had a much better chance um, four years ago when it was the 20th anniversary of this show um, or if I had watched it, bef- watched the show beforehand um, and had come up with a storyline before but 
you know, it is what it is. Um, and there's still the 25-year anniversary of the cancellation, so... Um, and there's always a chance for a reboot, eventually, maybe. <laughs> but, so there, there it is. I want to write the Caroline in the City story. Editors, publishers at Random House, if you're listening, get the rights from Paramount, or CBS Studios, rather, and contact me. Well, CBS and Paramount are now the same again. Very confusing. Anyways, I'm going to take a break, and I will be right back. And I'm back. And the big story rocking Hollywood right now is not a celebrity scandal, but it is yet another breakup. Disney and Sony, who have co-produced the last two Spider-Man movies... Um, have now decided that they are no longer going to um, continue with that partnership. Um, so essentially what had happened after the failure of Andrew Garfield oh, after the failure of Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man movies Sony um, put put these put it to the rest and went to um, Disney slash Marvel and said, "Hey, can you help us?" Disney slash Marvel accepted because they really wanted Spider Man to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was win-win for both sides. Um, they agreed um, that Kevin Feig would only have a creative um, creative control or a creative producer credit, and. Um, you know, I mean, that, it seemed fair, um, Disney got 5% off of first dollar, which essentially in layman terms mean they would get five cents from every dollar that was spent watching the movie, whether, whether it made a profit or not. But with Spider-Man being able to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it seemed as though um, this was going to be a big boon for both companies. And it was. Um, Homecoming made nearly... um, Spider-Man Homecoming made like a billion dollars worldwide. Um, And then... um, of course, Tom Holland as Spider-Man appeared in Captain America Civil War. Um, Avengers in... Uh, Ev- Avengers Infinity War. And then in Avengers Endgame. And finally, Avengers... Or, I'm sorry, Spider-Man. 
Far From Home. Uh, and Far From Home and Endgame both are the number one and two movies um, so far domestically. Uh, so lots of money flowing back and forth between Sony and Disney. Disney seeing the opportunity to milk even more cash with with very little risk decided they were going to ask they were going to ask Sony for a 50-50 split. Sony said no way Jose. Now these seem like typical negotiations. Um but here, here's where it's a little bit more interesting. Neither side actually tried to negotiate. Um, so, Sony's offer was to continue on as, as the deal already was, with Disney taking 5% off of the movies they helped co-produce. Disney wanted a 50-50 split, and they wanted a production credit on all of the Spider-Man movies, even if they didn't help um, creatively with it. And so this pissing contest got really, uh, really interesting. Both sides walked away, and some people are saying, well, why doesn't... Disney just take back the rights to Spider-Man if they want it so badly. The answer is, simply put, they can't. Marvel, before it became the force of nature it is today, sold off the rights to Sony. Um, with... Um, with some terms stating that if they didn't make um, a a Spider-Man movie or a movie within the Spider-Man universe every three years, they would would lose the rights and they would revert back to Marvel. Well, in the last, I'm going to say two years, it might have been actually less time than that, um, but at least the last two years, there have been three Spider-Man movies within the um, Spider-Man universe. Um, Venom, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, now, as you can imagine... There are all sorts of... Um, with with Into the Spider-Verse snagging the Academy Award away from Disney last year on for animated film, that did not please Disney. And so, a lot of people are saying, well, that's why... That's why they did it. They really... They really wanted... Um, they really wanted to be the only animation house around that wins 
the Academy Awards, especially in a year when they had a strong contender like Incredibles 2. And that, that could be why they made the request that they made, although that's very doubtful. Um, To understand Disney's motivations, you have to look no further than their lineup of movies. They want to make a lot of cash really fast. They just bought Fox for $71 billion. They're launching a streaming service. Um, and the, the streaming service that they are the majority holder in is still losing money. Um, the movies that are being released under the Fox label right now are not making any money. So, at this point in time, Disney doesn't really have um, a lot to brag about. I mean, yes, they their movies, Aladdin, um, obviously Avengers, um, Captain Marvel, um, even Dumbo to a certain point, are, those movies are making money, but it's not offsetting the losses. So, what do you do? How do you offset these losses? You, you show investors and stockholders that there's a long-term goal here and you're just putting all these pieces into place and once all those pieces are in place then you you know whatever and Spider-Man was definitely part of that. Now, some people have theorized that the whole reason why they wanted Fox was because they wanted rights to the X-Men back. The X-Men universe is rife with um, potential... W- with potential hits, um, even though the last few have bombed horrifically. Uh, outside of Deadpool, I can't think of an X-Men movie that did fairly well. Um, I, some people will argue Logan, and I won't, I won't fight that. I'll, I'll give you Logan. Um, but Deadpool and Logan alone cannot make a cinematic universe. But with Kevin Feige at the at the helm, it, it's very possible. Um, but 
um, some people are speculating that Disney may make a play for Sony at this point just to get the rights back to Spider-Man. Um, I'm going to say that that's not very likely. Um, Sony is a huge tech giant. Um, and I, while Fox has a straight history, Sony is very sly. And, um, I just don't imagine that the Japanese are going to be able to, um, or would be willing to sell this, especially when the entertainment division usually props up revenues, um, for the other divisions as they start to, as they start to sink. So what does this mean for the future of Tom Holland's um, incarnation as Spider-Man? As of right now, um, it seems like the a third, um, a third movie with him as Spider-Man is definitely in the works. Um, especially since this was all constructed. Um, outside of that, Sony will probably have to renegotiate if they want to keep Tom in the suit. Um, and, and they probably do. So, they'll probably renegotiate with him. And even without Kevin Feig's help, what I've heard is um, they're very confident in their live action. Um, especially after the success of Into the Spider-Verse. Um, they believe that um, they can find the right writers and they can start to craft a whole cinematic universe. Um, based around these characters. So, I'm going to keep on top of this story um, as it develops. But I'm not thinking we're going to hear too much more about it until um, probably January or so when um when when there's going to start to be more talk about what's happening and what's what's going on we uh, we, could, we might hear more sooner but I doubt it but that's going to do it for me for today thank you all so much for listening as always and until next time cheers <laughs>